Welcome to Crushing Kayfabe. My name is Jason Garish. Thank you for tuning in. If I sound a little sick, it is because I am a little sick. Unfortunately, I started coming down with something this morning. Um, test negative for COVID once again, so I've uh, been dodging a bullet right there. God's been looking out for me on that one. But, uh, but basically, at this point, everybody I work with is sick with COVID, so it's kind of... Uh, running rampant throughout the whole uh the whole workforce um so yeah i apologize for that but uh still we got a decent show for you coming up here actually got a great show coming up for you got a lot of stuff to uh to cover and and unfortunately um well i shouldn't say unfortunately first let's uh let's start off with before we get too crazy uh like to wish a happy fourth birthday to my son whalen he turns four on the 24th of january so uh Happy birthday, Whalen. All right. So uh, when this gets uh, published, when this gets broadcast, uh, he'll be four years old. So happy birthday, buddy. I love you. And uh, unfortunately, my um, in, in the NFL, uh, I have no more teams to root for. <laughs> the Titans are, have been uh, eliminated from the playoffs by the Bengals. I mean, uh, for the same team that took my Raiders out. But, hey, if... Uh, they run to the Chiefs. Hopefully, they'll uh, they'll devastate them. But uh, I don't know who's going to win this afternoon. I'm recording this on Sunday. But uh, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Should be should still be exciting. I was I was shocked to see the the Packers eliminated. That really um that really surprised me a lot. I thought they were shooing for the uh, Super Bowl. But uh, but yeah, it's an interesting year. The league wanted parity, and they've got it. They've got a lot of teams that could, any one of them could really win it all. So uh, so they wanted parity, and they got it. Um, unfortunately, I I hate to do this, but it seems like every show now starts off with some deaths. I mean, uh, we lost comedy legend uh, Louis Anderson, who was sixty eight, died of cancer. Um was a stand-up comic actor um best-selling author had his own cartoon um you know entertaining guy and unfortunately we lost him at the age of 68 and um yeah we'll miss him oh family feud too um he was on family feud and um was very entertaining and uh we'll definitely miss him but this next one though uh hurts i mean uh hits pretty deep um Unfortunately, on the 20th, we lost Meatloaf. Um, Marvin Lee Hiday, uh more professionally known as uh, Meatloaf, died on the 20th of January. He was 74, uh, born 9-27-1947. Um, you know, that one, if you've seen him recently, he didn't look very well, but he continued to keep going. Um, the rumor is that he died of COVID that has not been confirmed by anyone, but, um, if that is the case, that's extremely tragic that, uh, that COVID would take such a, such an amazing life. Um, unfortunately, recently he wasn't the same singer he was at one time, but, but who really is? And the guy was 74 and he was still going out there and giving it everything he had and, um, was pretty amazing influence on my life and uh and um will be sadly missed um unfortunately his cohort in crime uh jim steinman who wrote most of uh his most popular stuff you know wrote bad of one bad of hell two 
And uh, he died last year. So finally, uh, those two can be reunited, I guess, in uh, in heaven. You know, heaven can no longer wait, unfortunately, for a meatloaf. Um, it was his time. And I don't know. Hopefully, they're making some really good music in heaven. You know, um, I, Jim Steinman was one of my favorite writers, one of my favorite songwriters. Um, a lot of people kind of viewed him as hokey or corny, you know, but he had that Wagnerian style that he infused into rock and roll. And um, it was a real refreshing uh, blending of, of opera and uh, and rock. And uh, he wrote some great stuff. You know, he wrote for Bonnie Tyler. He wrote for Air Supply. He wrote for himself. He had his own solo album out. He wrote plays. He wrote with Andrew Lloyd Webber. And the guy was incredible, you know, and uh, I always thought that he was a very underrated songwriter, but everything he wrote always kind of fell flat if it wasn't being sung by Meatloaf. And, um, you know, because like I said, he's written, 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 yeah, sure, written for uh, Celine Dion, um, a number of chart-topping people, but meatloaf was truly his muse and um he brought steinman's music and lyrics to the forefront like no one else and uh, those two were an incredible combo and i wish we could have gotten more out of them unfortunately they did have kind of a falling apart you know meatloaf had uh requested um some publishing rights and he felt he had he had uh deserved more money from from the music and deserve some of the publishing and whatnot. So, but eventually they did make up and they did, uh, they did come back together. And, uh, and like I said, I mean, no one brought Steinman's music and lyrics, uh, to life like Meatloaf did. And, um, and he'll be sadly missed. Um, as a singer, they tell us to perform at approximately 70% of our, our effort don't push yourself to a hundred percent always leave a little bit reserve always um pace yourself so that you can get through an entire performance and you won't strain your vocal cords you won't get you won't um hurt yourself you know um meatloaf never learned that everything he did was 100 percent, and uh he poured his entire soul and heart into everything he did and uh, no other man could have brought songs like i mentioned jim steinman's lyrics to life like he could have you you take a song like objects in the rearview mirror that by itself by any other performer would have been probably a, a train wreck i mean uh, the the lyrics come off as hokey the um it's melodramatic it's but in the hands and the vocal cords of meatloaf it was magic and um every time i hear that song i still choke up i still tear up a little bit and it's uh like i said unbelievably hokey lyrics cheesy lyrics but when meatloaf describes his father beating him and being pulled back in you're right there with him and you're taking those punches with him. So, so, um, you know, rest in peace, meatloaf. Um, 
you gave us a lot, and thank you for your contribution to music and to this world. Um, a story that I always enjoyed about Meatloaf is uh, he spent some time in Connecticut, and uh, around the time that I was in Connecticut, I was born and raised in Connecticut. I'm now living in Western Tennessee, but I was born and raised in Connecticut. But at one point in time, Meatloaf also uh, lived in Connecticut. He was, I think, he was like a coach of a girls' softball team or something down there, one of the schools. Uh, but I remember one of the stories that spoke to me as far as what kind of individual and what kind of person uh, Meatloaf was. Was I remember him saying that one of his daughters came home one day after being ridiculed and teased at school for not having brand name clothing, for not having the wearing the right brand name, not having clothing uh, that was hip at the time or, or um, was uh, in the fashion at the time. And uh, when she came home crying, he, he looked at his wife and said, pack, pack up your bags, we're leaving. He didn't want to live in a place that would do that to his daughter. And, uh, and I think that's the kind of person he was. I've never met the man, unfortunately. I would have loved to. But, um, but yeah, uh, that that is the type of man that I would have um, really loved to have met. He performed at uh, at one point during early on his career at, um, at Toad's Place in New Haven, Connecticut, the venue that I had performed at also much later than when he had performed, but uh, but at least we share that in common. Uh, so, yeah, rest in peace. I don't know what else to say. That's uh, That was a real heartbreaking loss, and um, the world is much uh, much less for, for not having him in this world. So, um, yeah, Meatloaf dead at uh, the age of 74. Died in Nashville uh, a little over two hours from here. And uh, rest in peace, meatloaf. And um, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, you're like a bat out of hell. You you rose to heaven, and now you're now you're in paradise. Hopefully, uh, making some amazing music with uh, with uh, your cohort Steinman. And uh, thank you for all that you did. Thank you. All right. Um, now on to wrestling. You know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, it's a little more cheery. Um, I got a chance to watch AEW Dynamite. You know, the return of John Moxley. You want to talk about emotional moments? That was definitely an emotional moment. Um good promo. Good promo. Um, you know, it was obviously he was obviously um emotional. It was obviously heartfelt. Talked about that metaphorical demon that had been uh chasing him in his dreams. And uh, at one point an individual in the crowd Shout it out, you know, um, get the drunk off the stage and, uh, you know, wherever that guy is, screw him. Honestly, uh, I really, uh, the world doesn't need people like that. You know, Moxley did an incredibly courageous thing by facing his demons and heading off to, uh, to rehab to fix what was wrong and, uh, and try to be there for his family and make himself a healthier and better person. And he shouldn't be, um, Shouldn't be uh, lauded for that. He should, I mean, I sh- shouldn't say it shouldn't be lauded. He shouldn't be um, denigrated for that. He should be applauded. So, uh, so it was excellent to see John Moxley back. Um, a little bit of controversy. I know um, Bully Ray had 
made some comments about maybe you should have incorporated an apology into uh into the promo or said something apologize to the fans um a lot of people are are coming down on billy bully ray i should say for that um i kind of i can understand where bully ray is coming from i and it would make him much more uh vulnerable and um much more baby face like uh appeal to him uh to to do that and it would would really turn him a big time baby face i don't know if they want to do that i don't know if um they have plans for him to be a heel i don't know what the plans are in future booking but in the end uh moxley had to stay true to his character and consistent with his character and that's why i think he didn't go that route by by saying those things by mentioning his his child by mentioning his wife um i think he's probably very private individual and wanted to keep those things separated from john moxley the character and uh the real life individual so i understand why he did that and i i don't i don't put down bully ray for his comments either i just i don't agree with them but uh personally i i kind of but i see where his opinion is coming from i know a lot of people have been lambasting him but uh he's allowed to have an opinion and uh and once again bravo to john moxley for coming back and uh place went nuts absolutely nuts it was great you know um great to see him back great to see him push the crowd great to see him uh it back in AEW is awesome you know um another thing that i got through was that um that promo from cody rhodes um a lot of people are kind of mystified by that promo um you know i think it's a great promo if he's turning heel i it, it really was a great delivery a great promo for a heel um i don't know if they plan on turning him heel i don't know what the heck is going on with cody rhodes character i am more confused after watching that like i said i think it was a great performance i think it was a great um well written promo but did well executed promo but was he in the process of turning heel because a baby face doesn't bury his own promotion a baby face doesn't bury pretty much everyone in the industry except for yourself that's a very selfish um bizarre thing to do on cody rhodes part but i I think it i mean what little i've seen of cody rhodes you know through his uh through his um his television show roads to success and whatnot i mean he he comes off kind of douchey so i mean he, he the promo stayed true to his own individual character and seemed to be an amplification of himself so whether they're going to use that to turn heel i mean you don't it's just bizarre you don't yell at your fans for 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 not cheering you or not (laughs) it's just the entire promo was mystifying um but like i said if they are turning him heel bravo it was a great it does it did a great job and and bringing him about that because it it will turn him heel and the fans will hate him more i mean i'd mentioned previously that he's having a a cena-like run almost in the sense that people are very divided either you're you know, a huge Cody Rhodes fan, or you're, or you hate him, you know, like, like a lot of people were Cena, you know, I wasn't a Cena fan, 
until much later, until I began to respect everything that he contributed to wrestling and to WWE. And uh, it wasn't until then that I actually appreciated the guy. But initially, I had a hard time liking the guy because he just came off so two-dimensional and uh or one-dimensional i should say even and and kind of a facade of himself but but yeah that right now um that's kind of how cody is coming off as very shallow and uh very douchey um so i mean i know that in when he initially won the tnt title back he had making made a mention after the show he 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 um cut a promo after the show after the taping was done after it went off the air he cut a promo about his heel hurting joking around with the crowd about turning heel is that a sign of things to come is he going to become a heel because when he took off the belt off of uh, Sammy Guevara Guevara was was hot I mean, he had a lot of uh, people cheering him, and a lot of fans really liking his babyface work. So, you take the title off of him, and uh, and it automatically makes you look very heelish. So, I don't know if that was the intent, but that's kind of what they did. So, uh, it'll be interesting to see right there. You know, like I said, if it, if it is the case, and bravo, you did great. You just turned yourself heel, but... He also, in the process, he left a lot of people confused and trying to figure out what's really going on. I haven't seen AW uh, 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 Rampage yet, unfortunately. Um, but I did get a chance to watch NWA Power, which I noticed this week the show went off a little bit better. Directing was better. Velvet Sky was a lot better on commentary. She seemed like she hit her groove a little bit better and. uh and wasn't trying to talk over and and didn't seem kind of befuddled by some of the stuff that that Austin Idol was throwing out there. And the two played off each other a lot better, giving each other chances to talk. So, so she, bravo to her. She improved she a lot. You know, still I think she has a little bit ways to go, but yeah, she improved tremendously. I think this episode. So I'm hoping the last episode was just um, bad day. Kind of everybody has them, you know. The timing and the chemistry was much better between the two. Um, you know, it was interesting to see uh, they started out with Kylie Ray had a big win over Allison Ray. You know, uh, that was uh, that was pretty cool. Um, I wasn't expecting that, but uh, one of the most interesting things I noticed is wow, Camille is huge. <laughs> I mean, they had a, a backstage interview with her and Kiara Hogan, and she just towers over Kiara Hogan. So. And it was it was interesting to hear Camille actually speak and deliver a promo. She's not bad, but it wasn't what I thought it would be coming from her. I, I expected much more uh, kind of commanding presence, and she came off much more um, kind of streetwise almost sounding. So it was, it was different than what I expected. It was kind of kind of interesting, um, but she can actually deliver a promo. So you know, all that time with. Uh, with Nick Aldis uh, not saying a word, I, I don't know if she was uh, practicing and saving up, you know, but, man, Dirty Dango had an inter interesting uh, promo, too, with uh, with uh, JTG, JTG. They did a little interview with them, and, wow, that was, he's entertaining. 
Why didn't they utilize that guy more in WWE? That guy can talk and entertain. Wow, he was he was funny. Yeah, he had a great line. One of the best lines I've ever heard when he called uh, his opponents when they came through the kids from the meet and greet. That was that was awesome, and he delivered it great. I mean, um, wow, that was uh, that was phenomenal. Why why WWE couldn't utilize that guy? I'm just uh, kind of baffled. But he's doing he's doing well in in uh, NWA, and then uh, I enjoyed his uh, work this week. You know. Now, I got a question. Hopefully, uh, somebody out there can answer this. Did, did, was that a Bruiser Brody t-shirt with on Homicide? I couldn't find that thing anywhere at the kanji. And on there, it was like, it certainly looked like it. I was uh, I was just uh, just wondering that. I mean, uh, Homicide looked good. He was, he, you know, he's always, always, he's always been a great promo. So, uh, it's good to see him doing, uh, doing his thing, you know. I noticed this week, just like one thing that I've always liked about nwa is is an emphasis on female wrestling they do a good balance of putting the female and the male competitors um into a one-hour show and that's something that aew really needs to sit down and learn from nwa because nwa packs a ton of story and a ton of action into one hour and a lot of times the matches are five, ten minutes, but they get the story across and they build towards the pay-per-views. And that's something that AEW really needs to learn from because they, um, they're they going to burn people out if they continue these spot fests on, uh, on weekly television. And then they drop a storyline and don't pick it up until weeks later. And you're at that point, you're disinterested in the storyline anyway. It's like they really, really need to learn some things. I, I think you should sit one of the producers down, have them watch NWA, and uh, and kind of learn from it. You know, seeing Taryn Terrell was pretty cool. She she's improved on the mic. She was never great on the mic, and she still isn't great on the mic. But but I appreciated her promo uh, this week, and I appreciated. Um, seeing her she she's never been that bad in the ring she improved greatly and uh and i i remember that um feud she had with uh gail kim back in tna and that actually was pretty good so uh so i'm glad they picked her up and i'm glad she's still wrestling um it was really good seeing her um but yeah it was a it was a much smoother show um, than I think in some ways than last week, even though if it didn't have the same impactful kind of matches and events in it. Miss Aaron Stevens. Man, I, I love seeing that guy pop up on my TV. He's always entertaining, but I, I think uh, Dirty Dango kind of took his spot this week, entertaining me, making me laugh. So uh, so he kind of filled the void, but uh, but I'd, li- I'd like to see Aaron Stevens do more, man. Um yeah, that so that was that was kind of my opinion of power. I once again I enjoyed the show. They directing needs to tighten up a little bit. Some of the some of the cutaways and shots need to be a little crisper. Um, they kind of reveal some of the wrestlers' limitations, unfortunately, and that's something. It's extremely hard to direct TV. I mean, I've done it. 
I haven't had to do it with wrestling, which must be nearly impossible. But uh, I mean, that's something WWE does very well. They, you know, they they cover up their wrestlers' inadequacies by quick cutting between the different cameras, and they have so many cameras that they can do that with. Um, NWA has to kind of learn that a little bit more because you can see some of the moves are just missing by a mile. And uh, at that point, before it even happens, the director needs to cut away to another camera angle just to, to make it believable because it can be kind of jarring and uh, ruin your suspension of disbelief if you see a punch is thrown and it's not even anywhere close to the the opponent. So they, they need to work on that a little bit, tighten up the editing. Um, I looked up the director. I'm not the, edit, not the editing, but the director. And I know he's done some stuff with, like, championship wrestling and some other promotions. But um, hopefully he tightens up things a little bit more with NWA. And, that, and the show will be really much more enjoyable, I think. You know, it won't be... Uh, won't be um, it won't be revealing... Kind of some of the um, some of the botches and whatnot of the wrestlers. Um, not sure what the word I'm looking for is, but I'll come up with it at some point, probably at one o'clock in this morning. But uh, but yeah, um, that's about all I had to say. I'm looking forward to uh, to Royal Rumble. Not sure yet how I can watch it, but uh, I know um, I know Dave and Buster's in Memphis. You can go and watch it for free. You know, but I'm not, I really don't feel like driving to Memphis, but, uh, but, um, but that's always an option, you know, but, um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to see, uh, the surprise entrance. The Royal Rumble's always fun, but uh, that's about all I have for today. You know, I'd like to give a shout out to, uh, then and now, uh, flea market in downtown Trenton. You can go down there and buy some of my merchandise, buy some of my wife's merchandise. She has some handmade beautiful handmade uh, items that she uh that she has made and sells there and uh, you can purchase my cd there too so uh and you can there's a ton of other vendors that sell new old um you know used merchandise there's a great variety there to choose from some really cool stuff so then and now flea market in downtown trenton and uh lucky lady candles um I'd like to give a shout out to them. Check them out on Facebook. Check them out on Etsy. You know, Lucky Lady Candles. They're here in Western Tennessee, and you can purchase through uh, through online. Um, I also like to uh, give a shout out to our own selves, uh, crushingkfape.com. Crushing with a K. Check us out there. Um, check out our YouTube page, our Twitter, our uh, Instagram, our um, our Patreon. Go to Patreon, and if you become a subscriber for only $1, you can get the content completely commercial-free. Yeah, so that's that. I think that's a pretty good deal. For $1, you can get no commercials, no one interrupting like on uh, Spotify, and uh, get our content completely uh, ad-free. And you'll be helping the show continue, helping to pay the bills, keep the lights on, and that's a really cool thing. So once again, you know... You know, happy birthday, Waylon. I love you. You know, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. You know, check us out. Uh, subscribe on Patreon. Thank God my voice held out for uh, as long as it did. But uh, go, I'm going to go and rest that. But, uh, but thank you, everybody. Have a great, great...
great day and uh, God bless.